This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, here's our question for today. Is it okay for Christians to have a tattoo? Tim, do you regret the uh, tattoo on your lower back of your mom's name? <laughs> Just curious. You know? That is not where my tattoo is. Sure, <laughs> what it says. sure. Oh, I love this question. Um, so let me just read a Bible verse that will just that will clear the air on everything. Okay, Leviticus nineteen twenty six to twenty eight. This is the passage. This is it. You, what's the word? Shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. Great. You shall not interpret omens or tell futures. Got it. You shall not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. Verse 28, you shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Tim, justify yourself. There it is. Justify yourself. There it is. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so biblical principle number one, um, we are not under what is called the law. These 613 laws that are given to Moses in the Old Testament, it's called the Old Covenant. And the reason it's called it old is because it is done. And the Old Covenant in the Old Testament promised that there would come a day when that covenant would become null and void and there would be a new covenant. covenant. Now with Jesus, death, resurrection, ascension, the Holy Spirit, we are under a new New covenant, covenant. which means the old covenant and all of its laws are 100% done. We are not under any of them. Some of you might think at this point, we got to make this clear here before we answer the tattoo question. Um, but the old covenant says, do not murder, do not steal. Surely those apply today. And the answer just to help you with this is um, yes and no. Um, they don't apply in, in one sense because that whole law system is done. But they do apply because the new law system reiterates Reiterated them. So the analogy we give is that the Old Testament is like driving around in Canada. When you drive around in Canada, you have all of these laws. And when you cross the border into America, you are no longer under any of those laws. Now, those laws for those people are still legitimate. But when you go into America, it is a new system. You are under a new legal, we'll say, oversight over it. So um, now, is there similarities? Yes, because yes. they're both built on a Judeo-Christian ethic, right? Um, but they're different. So if I lie in America, I'm not liable to the punishments for lying in Canada because I'm not under that law. So that being said, when we read Old Testament laws, every Christian needs to understand this. You are not under the law. The question is, does the New Testament address the issue of tattoos under the new covenant or new law? And the simple answer is no, it doesn't at all. Um, We have some clues that are given to us that might lead us in a direction or two, but but under the old law, we are not under it. Um, So when you read this, here's what you have to ask. Okay, that was for the Jewish people under the law, under the Old Testament, Old Covenant. What was important to God? What value is he trying to communicate through this law? There's the question. That is the question. So every law is good in its context. Why did God give that law? Why did he give it? What was the value that he was trying to express? Absolutely. So in this context, um, piercings and tattoos were um, rites of 
pagan religious groups, particularly the Canaanites. And so what he was saying is don't do the things that pagans do. And these piercings and tattoos were, we'll say, worship to their false gods that don't actually exist. They were just demons masquerading as false gods. And so here's what, um, what God says to the Israelites. Don't do anything that those other cultures do in worship of their foreign gods. You are forbidden from even going near these because the Jews, because it was part of their culture, um, they had a, we'll just say, tendency, proclivity to run back to some of these Canaanite religious practices. So God says, don't even go near it. Just right. stay completely away from it. Now, that's what the Old Testament says. Right now, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Did Jesus have a tattoo? I think so. <laughs> so let's let's read Revelation chapter 19. And I, I kind of want to just read the whole section, 11 to 16, be, because it's awesome. But then uh, we'll see what's going on here. Here's what it says. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and he makes war. By the way, this is Jesus who mm -hmm. makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Wow. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. P.S. Be on Jesus' team before the second coming. Okay. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread on the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe. Here it is. And on his thigh. So the robe and the thigh are different. He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It seems that written on Jesus's body, not just in pen, but on something more permanent, mm -hmm. is the tattoo, if we will, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, now, let's be clear. Jesus did not go to a tattoo parlor <laughs> and get this put on him. I don't know how it got there. I don't know where it came from. I fully expect when I meet Jesus face to face, if he has a robe on, I'm going to lift it up in all modesty and say, show me your tattoo. Let's right? see it. Let's see it. Let's see what this is. So um, that being said, I want to just go a different route with this um, and say, I don't really have a lot of judgment um, negatively for people, for Christians who decide to get tattoos. I have questions and I have hesitations. And I think this needs to be said of anybody who does anything permanent, whether you marry somebody or whether or not you get a tattoo. That's right. Why are you doing it? Great question. That's what the question needs to be answered. Yes. And if you cannot answer with the following in all truthfulness, don't do it. I am doing this for the glory of God. I want, for whatever reason I do this, that when anybody sees it, it is a big fat arrow that lifts high the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Jesus' tattoo lifts high. His, Jesus. Yeah. He's, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, and so I have found that many people are trying to overcompensate 
They're trying to prove something. There is a deep longing in them. They want identity. They want to be cool. And a lot of Christians, honestly, have no idea what motivates them. I'm learning that as I get to know more and more Christians in a technological age, self-reflection is becoming increasingly void. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, think, analyze yourself. What is motivating me? Because we're busy, we move. Next thing, next thing. And actually self-reflection and solitude and quietness, it's scary. It's increasingly scary and people do it increasingly less. And so we don't even know often what we are motivated by. So why not get a tattoo? Number one, hepatitis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom always told me, she's like, <laughs> you do, don't you ever get a tattoo? Because if you get hepatitis, I'm going to be so mad at you. And, and uh, now... Again, that's improbable, but you know it has happened to many people. Mm-hmm. Depends when and where and how you do it. Number two, why not to get a tattoo would be plausible regret. I would change this to probable regret. Not always. Not always. Probable. And that's why you need to be thinking ahead. Yes. Okay, what is this going to look like in 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Correct. Am I still going to support and want this on my body? Totally. Because it's permanent. Totally. I If I could go back and meet 20-year-old Michael, I'm only 35. I would say, I don't agree with much of what you're doing. <laughs> you know? And when 50-year-old Michael, if he could meet 35-year-old Michael, he'd be like, dude, what are you doing, man? Grow up. Like, mm-hmm. stop being so stupid. And uh, so here's what I know. I just look back and I tend to disagree with myself. And so I need to take future Michael into consideration when present Michael makes decisions. That's right. And uh, again, that is the art of self-reflection and anticipation. And and I think there are some cues that we have culturally to this. For example, statistically speaking, older people don't get tattoos. Why? (laughs) What do we learn as we get older that the majority of people don't do it? Not saying everybody. I'm Mm -hmm. not just saying the majority, okay? Um, and what would older Michael or whoever you are really, really think about this? And that begs into question, where am I getting it? How much of my body will this take up? So one of my favorite tattoos is, um, like you have this one, Tim, which is on your ring finger and it's like a wedding band, right? Right. Now, I considered that and here's why I didn't do it. Because future Michael, right? My wife may die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I looked forward and said, future Michael, like, what if God asks you to marry somebody else, right? I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. ever going to leave my wife. I hope she doesn't die, right. et cetera. But like, You're not saying that. how many people have we navigated life with whose spouse passes away and then they end up getting remarried and it's fine. And so that was, future, that was you know, 23-year-old Michael looking forward to 50 or 80 or 100-year-old Michael wondering what would happen under that circumstance. And uh, then again, I'm not saying it's sin. I'm just saying I took that into consideration. But then the antagonist said, well, you can just actually like cover it up completely with a new tattoo and do a new design if you happen to be married to a new woman or something. So, But I chose not to do that because my mother's voice about hepatitis was loud <laughs> in my soul, even though that was improbable. I think the big thing is playing the long game. That's right. Don't, if you have something to prove right now, right, a tattoo is not going to be helpful for you in 30 years. Because the things I had to prove at 20 and 25 and 30 are not the things that I need to prove now. And the things that I feel like I need to prove now when I'm 40 or 45, I am going to be laughing at myself and saying, Michael, you are so blank. Mm. I mean, we're going down a little bit permanently with these podcasts. Like we're going to be able to go back in 20 years and we are going to think that we are stupid. (laughs) 
you know, and we might, we might agree with some of what we say, but we're even going to be able to hear in our tone, our overcompensating, our insecurities, the things that we wanted, our motivations, um, because we're going to reflect on our lives. That's the point is when we go into the future, we have no idea. Now I'm not saying don't get a tattoo at all. All I'm saying is use your brain. Yes. Think, pray, reflect. And if you cannot do it for the glory of God, don't do it. So I had this um, thought. Would I want my 21 or 25-year-old daughter to get a tattoo on her body? Okay, I've been there with my son. Right. Like, this is my baby girl. Right? We have cared for this girl's body because let's one of my daughters, like, basically almost put her life in harm because her inability to fall like for the first two or three years of her life. So I spent so much time investing in her physical safety, right? Do I want this on her body? And my easy answer is no. But if she got it, would I be mad at her or tell her it was sin? Absolutely not. It depends Mm -hmm. what it was. I mean, if it was Lucifer, then I would say, okay, right. I'd be upset, but you get the point. And so there's something inside of me that says, what is it about my parental instinct that like resist this, you know, and, uh, I'm just trying to be sensitive to that question. I don't know why it's there. Um, but I just know that when it comes to my kids, I get protective of them in this area. That's exactly the line that we took with our son. He was 25 years old. He wanted a tattoo from the time he was 12. Mm. And we kept saying, son, you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to wait. By the time he was 17, I said, okay, tell me what your tattoo is going to look like. You say you're going to get one when you turn 21. All right show me or tell me what you're looking for. And surprisingly, and and I was actually pleased with his answer. He said, dad, you know, I love history and I want to get to Chiro. And I said, okay. And for listeners who don't know what that is, that is the sign in which Constantine supposedly saw uh, to conquer under Christ or with the power of Christ. And I said, okay, so where do you want this thing? He said, I want it right in the center of my back. I said, really, why do you want this? And he says, because I want the opportunity to share Christ with as many people as possible. Now, how can a dad, a pastor, a a Christian really argue with that? Okay, I I would say put it on your forehead then. (laughs) It's like, well, son. (laughs) There are are better ways to get more conversation. I, 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 I really honor your desire. But at 18, you're not going to do this because you're still in my house. Smart man. All right. And at 21, son, I, I kept pushing. This is going to be permanent. This is going to be permanent. This is going to be permanent. Think, is this really what you want your back to look like when you're my age? He was 25. He had gone through basic training in the Army. He had gone through his special training in the Army. And he said, Dad, he says, I really think it's my decision now. I'm a man. I can make up my own mind. You've held me off for all these years, and I want the same tattoo. Hmm. And at this time, as a father, you know, I have my personal desires, but then I've got to submit. He is he is a man. He's a man. He's making his own decisions for his life and for his future. And, you know, in some ways, it's like, okay, it's it. it there is some redeeming value in what he wants. Yep. So he did that. A few years later, he comes back and he says, okay, I want a second tattoo. And I I wanted to see what this tattoo was. I said, okay, what are you doing this time? And on his forearm, it says, death before dishonor. Hmm. And I thought, wow, what, what are you trying to communicate here? He says, dad, I would rather die for Christ than dishonor him. Hmm. Well, how do you argue with that? Hmm. You know, and it's like, I, I respect the value. I respect what he's trying to say. Now, for personally, for me, 
I resisted uh, the tattoo on, on his body and his decisions for years and years. And it was just very recently that I got the ring tattoo. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's very odd that someone in my age would, would go down the route of getting a tattoo. But I felt like, you know, my uh, hobby is working on cars. There's mm-hmm. many times that I cannot wear a ring and should not wear a ring yep. for what I'm doing. And it's my marriage is permanent, you know, and, and it's permanent until death do us part. And I want when I can't wear a ring for safety reasons, I want other people to know I love my wife. I am awesome. committed to her until death do us part. Now, we joked about this. Her name is Renee. So, you know, if something were to happen, I would have to marry another Renee or a Rebecca <laughs> or, or another yeah. R-name lady. Yeah. But obviously, it can be adjusted. Yep. And uh, yet, we realize the permanence of it. Yep. I love that. I, that is, uh, that's awesome. And uh, there's another dude in our church who has one, too. He's in construction and and uh, totally get that, and I honor that. And uh, I knew I would not be using my hands for a living. It was pretty <laughs> clear at a young age that I'd be using my mouth. And so... <laughs> Oh gosh, I love you anyway, brother. Thank you, thank you. And uh, it's it, yeah. Anyways, enough side of that. But seriously, I so appreciate you just um, sharing that and being transparent about it. And I think the big picture is is this: like you have to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. I appreciate two things about your son: his submission to you, even after he didn't need to. His just respect, like that, that has to sink deep into your soul. Um, and number two, his patience mm-hmm. and uh, eight years of waiting. And he still wants the same thing. Like, that's actually a really cool sign. And uh, I love that even as he followed up with the second one, the first one wasn't a gimmick or a ploy just to get into the tattoo game. It was clearly a true means for him to bring glory to God. So I appreciate that. Thank you, listeners, for letting us speak with you today. Please don't forget, you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer the question, where does it say in scripture that women should lead or teach men? Mm